today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. He said, I'm betwixt two. I don't know whether to go or to stay, but I've decided to stay. <laughs> and then he says, in another translation, and the reason I've decided to stay is so that I can teach you, continue to teach you the joy of believing. to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> and Jesus is speaking to Simon And says in verse 31, <clears throat> Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to sift you or to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now that's an unusual phrase. In fact, you've heard me say it before, I'm sure. The first time I read that way back in 1969, I was shocked. I thought it was a misprint in the Bible. I didn't know what I know now. But I had been told, first of all, by Kenneth Copeland, that faith works, that faith moves mountains, that faith is our method of victory over the world. I was told by Kenneth Hagin the same thing. I was told by Oral Roberts. I was told by T.L. Osborne that faith works. And then I came across this verse and Jesus is praying that Peter's faith will not fail. I was shocked. I thought, you mean to tell me I've been doing all this studying. I've been doing all this uh, uh, spiritual exercise, getting God's word into my heart because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And now there's a possibility my faith might fail. That was a shock to me. But it also led to some research. Now, back in those days, we didn't have all the, the, the great assets that we have today in, in, in the way of iPad and, and iPhone and how you can download 27 translations of the Bible on your phone and, and, and download Strong's Concordance and all the Bible aids and Bible studies. We didn't have all that. So... I went to a bookstore, a Christian bookstore, and to see if there were any other translations. Now, back then, all I knew about was the King James. That's all I knew about. And mine happened to be a, uh, oh, what was that Bible called? Oh, I don't remember what it was. That's not important. Anyway, in that bookstore, I discovered the Amplified Bible. And I took it and began reading it. And I thought, now I can understand this. 
This was more in a modern day vernacular. Okay. And then later I discovered other translations. And then I discovered in that bookstore, I mean, I spent some time in there because this concerned me that my faith might fail. And so uh, I began to look in Greek concordance. And I found out that this phrase, I pray that thy faith fail not, in its original sense was, I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Faith will not fail. Faith works. Thank God for that. Amen. Faith works. Look at your neighbor and say, faith works. But in the literal, Jesus is saying, Peter, I am praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Because inactive faith is faith that's not producing anything. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, why would someone allow their faith to become inactive? Well, a lot of times it's because they're not willing to engage in anything that will create pressure. I'm going to try this side, the elder toilet. I mean, I thought I'd got better response. All the preachers over there. They don't want to be engaged in something that will create pressure. They don't want to be engaged in something that might possibly have opposition. In other words, a lot of people, a lot of Christians want to get into a comfort zone. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Comfort zones. Getting to the place to where you don't want to have to use your faith anymore. Or at least not for a while. Amen. Now, Carol and I have been there. I mean, there there have been times when, man, I, I was attacked on every side. And it seemed like I didn't have a moment, a moment where I could just relax because I just had to stay in faith. It seemed like if, if I relaxed for five minutes, it, it, would, it would indicate to the devil that I've given up. And I just had to stay in faith and stay in faith. Many times, couldn't even sleep the whole night. Just get up and walk the floor and confess the word and confess the word and confess the word. And then I'd, 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 I'd get sleepy and I'd go back to sleep. And it seemed like the moment I closed my eyes, the devil was straddled my head and saying, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. And I have to get up and, and engage in warfare again. Anybody ever been there? And then when you finally win, you think, I'm taking all this armor and I'm throwing it in the corner and I don't want to have to use my faith for at least six months. I'm going to be like other Christians, do nothing. (laughs) Anybody ever been there? 
But inactive faith is faith that's not producing anything. Amen. So Jesus prayed that Peter's faith would not be reduced to inactivity. In other words, Peter, I'm praying that you will not yield to complacency. That's, that's what it's saying. I'm praying that you will not yield to complacency. Now, let me give you some facts about complacency. Are you ready? This really is a good sermon. You, you will shout later. All right. Uh, let, me, let me give you just some facts about complacency. I got so many notes on this. Complacency is when you have become satisfied with where you are and what you've experienced and refuse to reach higher and further. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Let me give you some notes on that. The Amplified Bible says, reaching forward to what lies ahead. See, everything God has for us is not behind us. It's ahead of us. I've already experienced what he had for me yesterday. Now I'm going for what he wants me to experience today and tomorrow and the days ahead. Amen. And that includes abundant overflow. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? The Passion Translation says, or let me, the Amplified says again, reaching forward to what lies ahead, the Passion Translation says, I fasten my heart to the future. And then verse 14, the Message Translation says, and I'm often running and I'm not turning back. Yes. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. Now to turn back simply means to stop going forward or to stop advancing. To stop advancing. To go forward, you must understand that Satan's going to do everything he can to possibly prevent you from going forward. Because he knows what God has for you in the days ahead. It's not behind you. It's ahead of you. And if you keep pressing forward, then it's highly probable that you will obtain what God has for you. And it would be to Satan's advantage to talk you out of going forward and just get you to settle in a comfort zone. Can you say amen? amen. Most of the time, if we're not going forward, it's because we've listened to a lie from the devil. And that lie goes like this sometimes. You've gone as far as you'll ever go. You've seen all that you'll ever see. You've experienced all that God has for you. And if you listen to those lies, then you will not press, as the Apostle Paul said. You will not 
demand out of yourself to keep going forward. Amen. This is why the Apostle Paul said that we must cast down imaginations and, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The message translation says we have to tear down the barriers that are erected against the truth. And the Passion Translation says, we must demolish every deception. Amen. It is a lie from the enemy that you've already experienced all you're going to experience. It is a lie from the enemy that, that you've already seen all that God has for you. That is not true. Don't settle for that lie. Because if you settle for that lie, <clears throat> or if you believe that lie, then you are going to end up settling for less than what God wants you to experience. Can you say amen? amen? The truth is you haven't seen all that God wants you to see. You haven't experienced all that God wants you to experience. Uh, according to the writings of the apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, God has prepared things that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard about, our hearts have not even conceived yet. And he's prepared them for those that love them. And I happen to be one that loves God. Is anybody else in here? One of those that love God? Then once again, you have not seen nor have you experienced everything that God has in store for you. Amen. If you're not living in the overflow, then you're not experiencing everything God has for you. So the next time we sing that song, you can say, I'm not living in the overflow. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul, I wish I was living in the overflow. <laughs> you can live in the overflow. I said you can live in the overflow. That's God's plan. That's God's dream. That's God's desire for you. Praise God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, we remember in Hebrews 10, it talks about drawing back. There are another, another uh, several other translations that use the phrase shrink back. I read them, several translations. Uses the phrase rather than draw back, shrinks back. And to shrink back implies to show reluctant, reluctance, particularly as to avoid pressure or confrontation. They shrink back, implying they're showing reluctance, particularly as to avoid pressure or confrontation. They just, they don't, they don't want, they don't want any confrontation. I just want to live comfortably. Come on. Well, you may not want to hear this, but true Christianity is a fight. True Christianity is a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. If, if everything God wants us to have came easy, every Christian would already be enjoying it. That's right. But why aren't most enjoying it? Because they're not willing to fight the good fight of faith. They want a comfortable 
Christianity. That is just the opposite of the way Paul lived. Comfortable Christianity? (laughs) Paul never saw it. This man went under more, uh, experienced more adversity than any person you will ever know and any more or, or more than you'll ever know. And yet his attitude was none of these things move me. None of these things move me. It, it, that was just like standing up in the devil's face and saying, is this the best you got? Yeah. Come on. Have you just fired your best shot? Yeah. Well, I'm not moved by it. Don't you know that's a slap in the devil's face? That'd be like me standing up to Mike Tyson in his heyday when he was the baddest man on the planet and saying, come on, Mike. I'll fight you for about a billion dollars. Where'd I sign the contract? I think I can run around that ring fast enough where he don't hit me, you know? I mean, I'd wear a hole in the ring down there, you know? Or if Evander Holyfield's already beat him up for me, and then they make Mike get in the ring after Evander's already beat him up. Hope Mike's not listening to this tape. But anyway, (laughs) if he's already been whipped, I'm getting in the ring with him. I'll even go in for less, a hundred (laughs) million. If he's already been beat up. Amen. Well, our adversary, the devil's already been whipped, praise God. Jesus spoiled, spoiled him, praise God. Spoiled principalities and powers. Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from him. Reduced him to zero, hallelujah. Amen. So Paul says, none of these things move me. I will finish my course. I I like to say it this way. I will never withdraw from my life of faith regardless of the difficulties that I might face. His faith was never allowed to become inactive. Now, uh, put on the screen Philippians chapter 1 verses 19 through 26 from the message translation if you can. Or if anybody has a message Bible handy that I can read from. It may take just a few moments. Philippians 1.19 and all the way down through verse uh, 26. Okay. Now this is Paul in prison facing death. Remember? He's writing to a partner church, the church in Philippi. And he says to this adversity that he's going through, so how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. Now he's talking about people in prison there that were preaching for the wrong reasons, okay? Now, I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. This man is in prison facing death and he says, I'm just going to keep celebrating. 
because I know how this is going to turn out. Amen. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. That is a bold statement. He's in prison facing death. And he says, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue my course. Sounds like to me, planned on getting out of prison. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life, I can't lose. (laughs) Hallelujah. I can't lose. Amen. Now, if you go on reading that, he says, I am betwixt two. I don't know whether to go and be with Christ, which would be far better because then I will have achieved my ultimate goal for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But he said, I'm in a dilemma. I don't know whether to go on and be with the Lord or to stay here with you. And then he answered his own dilemma. If you keep reading this, he answered his own dilemma and, and, and said, I, I want to be a companion, companion to you as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues. You can start looking forward to a great reunion when I come visit you again. We'll be praising Christ, enjoying each other. Now, another translation says it this way. In, in the King James, he says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, I've decided to stay. Did you notice his decision was not based on the Roman government? He was not based on a guard in that prison threatening him with his life? He said, I'm betwixt two. I don't know whether to go or to stay, but I've decided to stay. (laughs) And then he says, in another translation, and the reason I've decided to stay is so that I can teach you, continue to teach you the joy of believing. The joy of believing. The joy of trusting God. The joy of living by faith. How many of you have discovered it's a joy to live by faith? (laughs) Amen. Now, Once again, complacency is when you have become satisfied with where you are and when you, and what you've experienced and refuse to reach for higher and better. That's not the way Paul approached his life of faith. He said, I press. And the word press implies an application of forward motion, never giving up never allowing yourself to become satisfied. Now, I'm, I'm grateful for what God's already done for me. I'm grateful for what I've already experienced. 
Man, oh man, do I have testimonies. My goodness, the testimony. 52 years of living by faith, you're going to have some testimonies. I'm grateful for what God has brought me through. I'm grateful for where he's taken me. But I'm not satisfied because I know there's much more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's so much more. And the only way that you're going to get into that so much more is keep pressing through faith. Keep pressing through faith. Now, in verse 15 of Philippians chapter 3, the message translation once again says, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Verse 15 says, so let's keep focused. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Let's keep focused. That is those of us who want everything that God has for us. Now, let me give you another definition of complacency. It's a feeling of contentment, especially when the thought of confrontation and opposition is present. The feeling of contentment. In other words, I'm happy with where I'm at. Are you ready for more of God's goodness and favor? Begin expecting the God of more than enough to show himself strong on your behalf. Today's special offer, the Abundant Overflow Package, contains Jerry Savelle's three-part CD series, The Life of Faith, his new CD series, Hate That's the Favor of God, and his inspiring book, Living God's Abundant Overflow. In this package, Jerry teaches how to operate in real Bible faith, how to press into God's promises, what a lifestyle of faith looks like, and why many don't experience God's favor. Don't limit God or hold back any longer. Discover how you can expand your faith and see God's abundant overflow in your life. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Abundant Overflow Special Package. Discover the practical information you need to lay hold of all God has for you. Order now and begin to receive more of God's goodness and favor. Thank you everyone for joining us today on Adventures in Faith. It's been a joy and it's been a blessing to be able to share the Word of God with you. And I'm believing that each and every time you watch our broadcast that your faith is going to go to another level. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So I'm expecting your faith to go to another level and it's going to take you to victories over the world like you've never experienced before. We've been talking about living in God's abundant overflow. That's the title of my newest book. And I want to encourage you to get this in your home and I know that the moment you begin to read it, you're not going to be able to put it down. It's such a powerful book. And then right along with it, The Life of Faith, three CDs talking about the life of faith. I've been living by faith for 52 years. I know a little bit about it. And I know that these messages will enable you to develop a strong, uncompromising faith. And then one of my newest series entitled, Hey, 
That's the favor of God. The Lord told me years ago, every time you experience the favor of God, stop right then and say out loud, hey, that's the favor of God. And if you'll do that, then you'll begin to expect it to show up in your life more and more. So if you'd like these resources, go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, or the information should be on your screen. Order them right away. And we look forward to sharing again with you next week on Adventures in Faith. And remember, until then, your faith will overcome the world.